that so many people write so personally, they put so much of their own furniture in the house that other people can't feel it's their home. And so the, the key to this for me is you write with all of that beautiful authenticity about something that really means something to you, but then having the objectivity to step away from the song and go, if I'd never heard this song before, would I understand it? Would I feel it? Because make no mistake, nobody cares, nobody cares how the songwriter feels when they write a song. They care how they feel when they hear a song. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm stoked to be here with my friend Martin Sutton. He is the founder of Songwriting Academy. He's a multi-platinum songwriter with credits with Backstreet Boys, American Idol, Leon Rimes, Celine Dion, and like just too many to, to list here. His team has done over 500 million record sales. And uh, today, I thought a great topic to focus on would be how do you hone in your songwriting? How do you write hit songs as a songwriter? Because it's kind of the core of your success as, as a singer, songwriter, or musician. It really comes down to songwriting. So, uh, Martin, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. Hey, you're very, very welcome. And you're absolutely right. The, you know, the core, in fact, the core of the whole music business hangs on those hit songs. You know, nobody would be in a job if there weren't great songs out there. Um, there would be a lot of frustrated marketing men trying to do their very best. But let's face it, when you get a monster hit, then it makes a massive difference to us, the writers, to the record labels. A&R guys get to keep their jobs um, and the list goes on. So right at the core of the music business is a great song. And I just want to make a small correction. We've uh, updated our faculty recently and... Uh, we are the most successful faculty in the world in, in this kind of organization uh, with collective record sales of over three quarters of a billion records and over five billion streams. Um, so we always say, look, nobody holding a gun to anyone's head and saying you have to take our advice. But, you know, it's like if it's not currently getting you the success you feel you deserve, then um, then it might be time to try something new. You might be able to hear the birds outside at the moment. I've got the windows to my studio open, so uh, I might have to go and shush them away in a minute. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I heard them a little bit. It sounded a little bit like like a squeaking like door or something. It does. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, Man, that's awesome. 750 million, three quarters of a billion record sales. Uh -huh. That is really impressive. And, and I, you know, another point too is I feel like you, it, that's so, that's so spot on. Like every, the core of everything is, is songwriting. And it seems like just a great opportunity in general. Like that's one of those skills that even if you're, if you're writing songs and right now, you know, you're just kind of looking to, to get your songs placed by another artist. It seems like that's just like a really valuable skill to learn how to do it makes you know, you if you're pursuing a career as a musician yourself it's really valuable but it also can be like a really valuable career writing songs for other people 
completely. You know, I, my advice that I give to everybody, whether they are artists pursuing their own singing career or, or otherwise, or producers, it's like write songs for other people. I always say to, to artists, like when you go into a songwriting session, don't necessarily say, hey, it's all about me today, everybody. What I say to them, my goal generally is just write a great song. And as far as they're concerned, if they go in with this attitude of, let's just write a great song today, if it's for them, then they've got a great song for their career. If it's not for them, they've still got a great song that they can put out there. And the, the amazing thing about getting other people to cut your songs when you're an artist is, first of all, it builds your reputation. It shows that you're a serious player and you know what you're doing. So it's really good for you. Second thing is, it makes this really cool stuff called money. Um, and money can help you build your career. You can reinvest that in your own recording, your videos, whatever it is you want to invest it in. But it's a win-win situation. You can't lose by having other people record your songs. And the beautiful thing about songwriting is that anybody can do it. Most people don't try hard enough in terms of the crafting to get their songs to the level that other people want to record them. They don't, often they don't know the techniques, or if they do know the techniques, they just sort of sort of palm it off and say, well, you know, as long as you write what you feel, man, then that should be enough. And if people don't understand that, that's their problem. Well, no, it's not. It's your problem, really, because you're not making a career out of it. But anybody can write songs and you can learn how to make your songs better. That's the cool thing. And of course, in this time, when everybody is in lockdown, then it, of course, it, you know, we're the ones that can carry on working. How cool is that? All those people that had proper jobs that used to say to me, why don't you get a proper job? Um, they don't have proper jobs anymore. And we do. Um, so long live the music business, I say. Mm, dude, I love that. <laughs> and I love the fact that, um, you know, you with your, with your accent and, your, and uh, the way that you phrase it. So you use the proper job. Apparently, that's, that's the, the phrase that you use over there. For us, it's like, oh, get a real job, a real job, right. proper, real. Um, yeah. You know, biscuits, biscuits and, and cookies. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you touched upon one of the, you know, mistakes that, that, um, that songwriters make sometimes. It sounded like one of the mistakes that sometimes artists make is that they think, too much about like they think that oh if they just write from their heart which you know obviously is a great thing to do to write from your heart but they don't even think about anyone else when they're writing the songs can you go a little bit deeper into like you know how exactly like why is that a challenge and and how can they overcome that man alive this is just so important um first of all my my number one thing about songwriting is write from your heart write with authenticity but don't write so you exclude everybody. You can do this thing where it's like, well, you know what, people have just got to interpret uh, what I'm saying. And you can go down that route, but you're gonna struggle if, to find new fans if they don't understand your song, because if they don't understand it, they're less likely to feel something. Um, so the way that we teach, the, really at the core of what I say is, is write with your heart, but edit with your brain. You know, so it's like it's I always talk about mu music as songwriting, particularly being uh, where love meets science, you know, so there is the love that goes into the song. You know, it's like I'm feeling something. It comes from the fields. So I'm feeling something. And if you're feeling it, chances are somebody else in the world 
or lots of people in the world have felt the same kind of emotion. It might be heartbreak, it might be joy, euphoria, sadness, loss. It could be many, many things. But if you felt it, chances are that somebody else has felt it. So when you write that, um, you are absolutely on, on uh, a universal theme that could sell a lot of records if you get it right. But so many people write so personally, they put so much of their own furniture in the house that other people can't feel it's their home. And so the, the key to this for me is you write with all of that beautiful authenticity about something that really means something to you, but then having the objectivity to step away from the song and go, if I'd never heard this song before, would I get it? Would I understand it? Would I feel it? Because make no mistake, nobody cares, nobody cares how the songwriter feels when they write a song. They care how they feel when they hear a song. And you're the same, I'm the same, we're all the same. When we listen to a song for the first time on Spotify or the radio or live, whatever, um, we just react to it. We react to the frequencies of the notes, we react to the words, and we, we immediately judge it. We judge it so, so quickly about, do I like this song? Am I gonna carry on listening to it? Or am I gonna switch off emotionally, mentally? Am I gonna switch off? Um, and if you manage to catch somebody into the song, you've got to keep them there. But, um, but it's catching them in there. So they make a snap judgment about whether they love the song, but they don't care how you felt when you write it. They care what they're feeling right now when they, when they hear the song. And then, of course, the trick, it's like that's one thing bringing people into a song. Uh, but then you've got to understand what we call devices in the Songwriting Academy, devices that keep people listening. There are certain intervals in like timing spaces within a song that you can then start implementing the science on top of the love that, um, that we know will keep people listening. Little things, what we call ear cookies sometimes, little things that will pull people by the ear back into the song, keep them invested in the song emotionally, um, and hopefully fall in love with the song, because really we want the people that are listening to our songs to feel that same strength of emotion that we felt when we wrote it. But if we exclude them lyrically, then they're not gonna do that. So there's a real fine art to this, um, it is a mixture of authenticity and the crafting of it, being able to look at it objectively and saying, right, how can I make people love my song? How can I make sure that they get it? So um, that's why it's so much more of a complex thing than a lot of people think, you know. Sometimes when you tell people you're a songwriter, I think I've had it before, you know, when I was waiting for my kids to come out of the school and there'd be, you know, an accountant would come up and say, Oh, so what do you do then? And I'd be like, oh, I'm a songwriter. And there was this kind of blank look on his face and somewhat sort of dismissive as if to say, oh, oh good for you. As if I, I, I think he just thought I was sitting in a bedroom smoking a joint and sort of strumming my guitar, staring at my navel and singing about how miserable I felt. Uh, when in fact, it's, it's a job. It's a proper full-time job, a real job. Mm. Mm. It is a real job, yeah. yeah. So I, there's so much, so much gold in, in what you just said. So one thing that came to mind as you're talking about, because it sounds like what you're saying is that one of the mistakes is that it's always important to, to 
you know, to write from your heart, but it's also really important to figure out how to communicate in an effective way so that people actually understand, you know, what, what are you communicating so that they can feel it and they can connect with it. And there's different, um, and I, I want to dig deeper into this too, like the different devices that you talked about in terms of like, you know, ear cookies. So one, one thing that came to mind was like, it's, it's kind of like, speaking a different language, right? Like if someone's trying, if you're trying to communicate someone to something and they're speaking a different language, then it doesn't really matter how good it is that like you're, you're saying it, like they're just not going to understand it. And it's, you know, obviously when you're speaking to someone, like you want to communicate, you want to be authentic and with your heart, but like, even if you're communicating from your heart, if you're speaking a different language, then it's gonna be really hard for them to understand and to connect with you know, what, what you're saying. So it sounds like, you know, a big part of, being successful with songwriting is figuring out how to be authentic and to express that, but also to be able to be, to really reach out and connect with, with other people to, to be understandable. Yeah. That just seemed like kind of a hard balance to strike. Like, how do you, how do you strike that balance between being like super vague so that like everyone in the world could like <laughs> relate with it versus being specific enough, but without excluding people? What it is, is that we have to find unfamiliar ways to say a familiar thing, first of all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's all been said before. Um, all of the cliches have been used. Um, so one of the biggest challenges that songwriters face now is if they want to sing a song about I love you, then, of course, they're shying away from the words I love you because it's been done a kajillion times. So that's one of the big challenges in terms of language. And that's where we have to be super creative before we even start writing the song. It's where we have to garner ideas from different places all over the place. I'm constantly switched on looking for new ideas and new ways to say the same kind of um, the same, I guess, the same human condition about whether it be love, sadness, loss, joy, um, finding new phrases to to say that. So that's the, like the pre-work that you do. But when you're writing the song, you know, Michael, a lot of people, they mistake simplicity for dumbing down and they shun it because they think, oh, no, I, you know, I can't say that. It's, it's just dumbing it down. That's, that's compromising my art. And you know what? If you just are writing for art's sake, great, go for it. You don't ever have to play those songs to anybody if you're just writing for you. Put it on your hard drive, listen to it every night before you go to sleep. That's great. But the moment you play it to someone, that's like an artist hanging a painting on a wall. They are looking for some kind of public reaction. And anyone that says to you, oh, I want them to hate my work, then they're either very disturbed or they're lying. We all want people to like what we do. So if you want people to like what you do, then you have to think about what they might like. So let me put it this way. If you were having a dinner party and you happen to have a, a you, your favorite thing to eat is pineapple with anchovies, okay? Um, and you have a dinner party and everybody sits at the table and you go, guys, I've prepared for you my favorite meal. It's pineapple and anchovies. We call them anchovies there. So, um, and they're looking at this going, if I eat this, I'm going to throw up. Okay. But you're going, I love this. And they're going, we don't get it. We don't get it. It tastes bad. It's horrible. But I love it. You can stand there all day long convincing them of the merits of pineapple and anchovies. But the smart dinner party host will say, hey, guys, what do you like? They will still cook something that they love. 
they will still put their heart and soul into cooking something. If somebody says, hey, look, uh, I don't eat like me. I don't eat rice pudding, okay? But I'll say, okay, but I love, let's say I love fish, okay? Somebody may cook me a fish meal that is like made with just so much love for them, but it's still giving me something that I like. Now that's kind of like songwriting. We have to think about other people. If you don't think about other people, then either don't play it to them or don't complain when they don't listen. There is no halfway house. It's not their job to get your song. It's your job to make them get it. So you have to think about how you're going to do that. And a lot of people run away from simplification. They're scared of saying something really simple. They are scared of say, saying something simple like, I would like to be with you. Okay. Now, they, but the, what they do often they'll go the other way. They will go completely metaphorical and they'll say, I want to sail my ship of joy on the ocean of euphoria in your wow. on your planet of <laughs> love and and people going i have no idea what you're saying but sometimes just saying what you want to say it's not dumbing it down it's making it accessible now i'm not saying that you should just go for the easiest cliche but what i'm saying is you can use conversational language in a really smart way you can reinvent, we've got this whole exercise that we do about reinventing cliches. So they have a whole brand new lease of life and yet they say exactly what you want to say. All of these things can be done so people understand your song. When they relate to it, then they may well love it as much as you do. And if they love it, what are they gonna do? The first thing they're gonna do probably is play it again. And then they're gonna play it again. And from that one person, you may get, in two days, you may get 100 Spotify spins just from that one person. The other thing they're gonna do is phone up all their friends because they wanna be the first one to be the one that realized your song was awesome. Hey, have you heard that song XYZ? And then the word spreads. Everybody starts talking about it. But you've gotta get so many things right. You know, there were, there's a song, uh, James Blunt, the one that goes, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, it's true. <laughs> okay, now, Some honestly, face. <laughs> but, but a friend of mine, uh, Sasha Scarbeck, wrote that song, had a huge success with it. Honestly, I don't know whether I could have been in a session where someone's going, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, it's true. Okay? Um, I don't know whether I could have gone that far. But here's the rub. Six million people bought that single. So who's right and who's wrong? You know, are you writing for yourself? Are you writing for other people? Or are you writing something that satisfies your soul, but you want other people to buy into it? So that's why we always say you have to consider the listener. I always say think like the listener. That doesn't mean write what what's going on in their life. It means write what's going on in your life, but remember that they're there. Hey, it's Jared, the co-producer and editor of the Modern Musician Podcast, and I've got something really exciting to announce. Registration for our annual Success With Music virtual conference is now officially open. You can go to the link in the show notes right now to sign up and claim your free ticket. We've got over 15 top music industry experts who are going to reveal how to build a loyal fan base and make a living with your music. Last year, we were named the world's biggest virtual music conference, and this year it's going to be bigger and better than ever. Join us and over 10,000 musicians, May 27th to May 30th. So claim your free ticket now in the show notes, and let's get back to the podcast. 
it's really interesting too, like hearing, because it, it seems like success in almost all facets of life. And I mean, especially in songwriting comes from a focus on providing value and like serving others and, and a focus on like, you know, contributing to other people. And it sounds like what you're saying is that, you know, it, it comes from the way that you can best serve other people in this, in the sense is by one being authentic to yourself because you know, that that's, what's going to resonate, but also by, you know, really thinking about them and by taking them into account and writing your songs in a way that's, you know, that they can understand that that brings you together as opposed to like your ego basically being like separating and being like, Oh, look how cool I am as opposed to, you know, really focusing on creating something that, that they can connect with. I want to jump in at this point, um, if I may, um, because that is so true how you can touch people with your songs. And one of the, one of the moments for me, uh, after I'd um, had the first version of a song called Everybody Someone uh, that was covered by Leanne Rhymes and Brian McFadden, it's a song basically saying that everybody is important. And, you know, for my hippie roots, that means a lot to me. You know, it's a real, it's, I think the song that I would want played after I shuffle off this mortal coil for people to remember what I actually, that was my, my firm belief that everybody is a somebody. And so shortly after it was released and it was all over MTV and YouTube and stuff and, uh, and the box. And I thought, I wonder what people are saying about it. So being nosy, I went into Google and, typed in the song and I ended up at a forum for self-esteem. I believe it was the Dove um, Beauty uh, Company, um, a forum that they had for self-esteem and people were posting up stories. And this woman had said that when she said, when I was at school, I was bullied and made to feel completely worthless. And she said, I've just heard this song, Everybody's Someone. And she said, I now realize that I'm a somebody. And for me, I'd like got a lump in my throat and I just thought, wow, I could almost quit songwriting a happy guy today because I've changed somebody's life that I didn't know. I, a complete stranger, I've improved their life because of something that I wrote. And that for me is one of the most addictive feelings that you can get when you affect somebody in a positive way that you don't even know. And, you know, occasionally I'll get emails coming in or messages coming in on Facebook saying, your song did this to me, or your song made me feel like this. There was an even more amazing story um, from one of our mentors, Sharon Vaughan, who wrote an amazing song called uh, Trip Around the Sun. A woman came up to her on this uh, thing called the Blues Cruise, which is a boat where they, I think it's like a two-day tour where songwriters are singing their famous songs. And the woman came up and thanked Sharon and, Sharon was like, that's okay, you know? And the woman said, no, thank you, you saved my life. And Sharon said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, a year ago, or I'm not sure how long it was, but she said, um, I lost my husband and I was driving to a bridge to end it all. Your song came on the radio. I pulled over into a lay-by and I cried for 30 minutes and I turned the car around and went home. And when Sharon told me that story, I was just, I just couldn't stop crying because it was so amazing that a song of hers had actually saved somebody's life. Uh, and a year later, the woman came back on the same cruise. And while Sharon played the song acoustically, um, the woman scattered her husband's ashes in the water. I mean, wow. this is the power that, mu that music has. So 
often I'll say to people, when you're writing, just for a moment, when you're writing, stop thinking about you and put your hands out like this and imagine the world in it and think about who you want to affect and how you want to affect them. Get out of your own head and think about what you want your music, what's, what purpose your music is serving in the world. And if you serve the song, then you serve the listener as well. So instead of serving yourself. So that's why I had to jump in when you said about, you know, how people are going to react to these songs. Mm, I love that story, dude. Thanks for sharing that. I was like getting teary-eyed as, as you're, you're sharing that. The kind of impact you can make with your songs is like what almost nothing else. Like, like what can have that kind of impact on someone across the world where you've never even met them and you can save their life. Who are you not to do this? If you can have that kind of impact on someone else, like who are you to not do that? If you've got yeah. something to say, you know, I, I always say about songwriting, it's two things. It's knowing what you want to say and saying it, but with music. That's it. That's songwriting. So many people overcomplicate it. They will overcomplicate it with, well, you know, I need to be poetic about everything. And I, you know, I need to be Shakespeare and I need to be able to play every instrument and I need to be able to produce. And it's like, no, you don't. When you collaborate, which is what everybody does, then you don't need to be able to do everything. You just need to know what you want to do. You need to know what you want to say to people, how you want to say that to people. And if you want to say to the world, hey, you know what? It's okay. We can pull through this. I mean, let's talk about right now. Hey, you know what? If we stand together, we can pull through this. Then just find a way of saying it musically. You don't need to be a musical genius. I still can't read or write music. You know, I started off as a busker on the streets of Norwich in Norfolk, which is a little county over in the east of England. Uh, and I still can't read music. I still can't write music. I've done everything with my heart, with my intuition, with my ears, with my brain, um, and with a, a, just a lot of drive, a lot of desire and passion for what I do. And those, for me, are the biggest ingredients that you can possibly have for songwriting. Even if you can't sing, you can contribute ideas and lyrical ideas and thoughts into a song that could turn it into a massive hit. Even if you can't write a lyric, you might come up with a melody on a guitar that people just go, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, so there's room for everybody and everybody can do this, but most people are lazy. I've got to say it, Michael, most people are lazy. They will write a song and then they'll go, they'll get to the end and they'll go, full stop, there, I've written a song. No, you haven't. You've written a first draft of a song. Now, that's like saying to J.K. Rowling, so the first time you wrote um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, that was it, was it? That's what got you the publishing deal? Not in a million years. She rewrote that first chapter of the Philosopher's Stone 15 times, and she still got turned down by 12 publishers. But because she, re she rewrote it 15 times, guess what? She became a billionaire off the back of it. A billion pound business, a billion dollar business, because she cared enough about it. And there was no arrogance there going, well, if they don't get it, it's their problem. It was like, they don't get it. Gosh, why did that publisher not get it? I know, I'll rewrite it. And why did that publisher not get it? I don't know. Oh, and maybe it was this, I'll rewrite it and have another go. How many songwriters do you know do that? Most of them have just got this kind of, 
it is a kind of arrogance and i think it's i think it's coupled with laziness sometimes that they just think that the first draft is it great and they post up on facebook hey just wrote a banger today it's like mm -hmm. well you know what it's not in the charts yet yeah. hey i just wrote a song i love today that's a whole other story it's not a banger till it's in the charts topping the charts and i can say all of this with so much confidence because i've been that guy michael i've been the guy that that wrote a song and put my full stop at my period point at the end of the whole thing sang it to someone and they just glazed over because they didn't get it and i thought oh well they you know they don't understand me why should they understand me i've been the guy and then i did I've, you know i've been a professional songwriter for 26 years now 27 in fact and um and i had to learn how to how to consider the listener how i want to affect the listener um and how to get enough heart in the song so it's real and how to get um enough conversational language in the song to make people understand it how to manipulate melodies so they'll move people and how to rewrite 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 oh and rewrite mm. Mm, i love it yeah so so it sounds like you know really the, the core of what you're saying is that it, this is something that if you really want to become truly success, successful at it's good to kind of leave your ego at the door and to come back and to rewrite and to get feedback and to think about other people and it's not all about you you know one thing that i wanted to dig into a little bit because i'm sure this is something that i'm sure you're a master of you know being at at the level that you're at is you mentioned how how it's okay like you have different strengths as a songwriter you might be a really good lyrical writer or really good at melodies or maybe there's a certain different thing and that one of the best tools that's available to you is like co-writing and, and finding you know collaborate finding people that complement you what's some advice that you have in terms of like how how would you recommend that someone that's watching this right now that you know is just doesn't really have like a ton of different connections but they're thinking that like they want to improve their songwriting like how do they start finding the right people to co-write with okay the first thing is is make that affirmative action make that affirmative decision because a lot of people are just super scared of collaborating some people have collaborated once and they've had a bad experience and they've, and they've said, no, I'm never going to collaborate again. I work better on my own. And they've made that decision. But that's like going on a bad date and then staying celibate for the rest of your life. Don't put yourself through that. You're missing out on so many great musical dates um, where the chemistry is there. So first of all, make the affirmative decision that it's okay to collaborate. And you might have to kiss a few frogs along the way before you find your prince or princess, but that's okay too. You know, we, I've been there. Mm. And the second thing is, is that get yourself involved with, get yourself involved with professional communities. There are plenty of communities that you can find on Facebook um, and a bunch of other platforms where there will be people in there that, it's almost like sometimes I wonder if they're just trying to wind people up. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen things, people posting things up, up saying, I've got uh, a song called Curtains. Um, who can help me write it? And, and that's it. Or, you know, uh, I want to sing. How do I start? And it's, it's, it's like, wow, you know, if you surround yourself with people that aren't really taking it seriously, that aren't doing their own work on it, then you're an uphill struggle 
but surround yourself with the people that you want to be like. Surround yourself with the people that are really, really working hard. And even if they're not quite there yet, even if they're not quite getting those songs recorded, you listen to what they're doing and you think, wow, they've worked really hard at that. I really admire their songwriting and they seem like a really cool person too. Be around your tribe. Choose the people that you want to be around because the more you're around those kind of people, the more you will become those kind of people. You know, in the early days, I was hanging around with loads of people that had publishing deals before I had my first publishing deal. And, and I was just kind of like, I was writing with them, I was hanging out with them, I was going for drinks and stuff. And then, you know, somebody said to me, oh, my publisher's great, you should really have a chat because you're a pretty cool writer. And that's how I got my first, my second publishing deal, that was. Um, but it's hanging out with the right people. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to do it physically. And of course, physically at the moment is pretty impossible anywhere in the world. But there are professional communities. We have one in the Songwriting Academy. It's completely free. Um, and it's a professional community with members from all over the world. And you know what they're doing, Michael? They say they're hooking up with each other and going, hey, man, I like your song. Maybe we should co-write over Zoom or Skype. And I'm seeing this happening in front of my eyes. And every day the community is building and building and building without me hardly advertising it because everybody's telling everybody about it because it's a cool place to be. Get the toxic people out of your life, the ones that are going to try and pull you down and surround yourself with people that are doers, people that want to do the work. But they're not going to do the work for you. So make sure that you're going to do the work as well. You've got to do the work. And you know what? All that takes is love. You've just got to love what you do. And it's never like a job. You know, that classic old saying of, um, you know, do what you love and you never work a day in your life. You know, I'm in my studio right now. I can't wait to turn around and carry on working on the mix I'm on right now. Even though I've listened to it like a hundred times, um, I've just got a new pair of monitors and, and I'm thinking, wow, wow, I just love this. I love these monitors. I want to mix. I want to mix. And this is after 27 years of doing it. <laughs> you know, It never goes away if you love it. But care about it. Just care about everything you do and care about the people around you. Choose your friends wisely um, and choose your collaborators. Pick people that you just get on with. Um, that's the other thing I want to say about collaboration is don't just pick people that um, have got a big track record. You know, oh, this guy's or this girl's written for this person. So that's the one I want to write with. Because sometimes those people can be assholes too. Pick people that you just get on with and develop the relationships. Do things for people. Ask people how you can help them instead of immediately asking for something from them. You were talking about feedback. You know, I don't know whether this happens to you as well, Michael, but I get loads of emails or even messages on Facebook when I friend somebody on Facebook. And the first thing they do is send me a song saying, can you give me feedback on my song? It's like, man, I don't even know you. You wouldn't go into a pub and just ask somebody for $50 just because they said hi to you. You know, it's, it doesn't work like that. Ask what you can do for other people. Build relationships and that positivity will spread and people will want to know more about you and they will want to help you if you help them. It's a really simple equation. Nothing to do with music, really. It's to do with life. <laughs>
Mm, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it feels like it kind of comes back to what we talked about earlier too, just about, you know, being someone who provide, being focused on serving and providing value. I love what you mentioned too, in terms of surrounding yourself with the right people, like the right people. Yeah, I forget who said it, but there's some, someone has this idea or quote that you become like the five. If you look at the five people that you spend the majority of your time with right now, then you're sort of like a combination of all five of those people combined into one person. And it sounds like what you're recommending is that, you know, that you very intentionally choose the people that you want to surround yourself with that are going to be, you know, motivating, that they're going to encourage you to, to move forward. And that the way that you build those relationships is the same way that you build any relationships. You don't come into it and, you know, just be focused on you, 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 and, and your own, like your own ego. But you think about how, how can I help them? How, what can I do to provide value for them? And that's, the way that you that you've started any good relationship um you know it's funny there's a it's called it's like an app called we should write sometime and i think their idea is that it's sort of like tinder or it's sort of like one of those apps but for uh songwriting and apparently it's it's gotten listed on like forbes and like billboard and a few different places but that could be kind of a cool you know potential thing for for songwriting but these same principles are still going to apply to that situation too right being successful with that is is always like your, your success in life itself and how much you're going to be fulfilled and how much you're going to enjoy like have you ever have you ever met someone who's really truly like deep down really really happy who's like super super selfish and like just is is totally like airy and doesn't like you know ever like think about anyone else it doesn't seem like it, it seems no like no absolutely not it's it's they they're, they're often super selfish because they're deeply unhappy and they're often deeply unhappy because they're super selfish you know there's you know whether it be sort of rooted in narcissism or whatever it may be but but no the happiest people i know are people that are always sort of like making other people happy they're doing things for other people they're doing favors for other people and you know it's it's kind of you know i made a i made a conscious decision at the beginning of last year that uh, you know i sat down with my team in the academy and and i just said to everybody okay look all of the members of the academy that have put their faith in us uh, i want to give them more I want to give them more um, than they asked for. And the craziest thing happened. We started doing this. We started adding, adding things to uh, their membership. And, and guess what? Suddenly the business exploded as well, um, in a good way exploded. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it's this kind of win-win situation. I, you know, I've, I'm a firm, I'm a bit of an old hippie still and firm believer in the universal law of prosperity. And, the, you know, the more you give, the more you will receive. Um, and, and it just seems to be just true, you know. So be a good person. You know, we, we, <laughs> we have, when we put people into collaborations, this makes me laugh always, we make people say a songwriter's vow. Okay, now this may seem kind of like people are going, you do what? You make that? And literally, and I've just held a, 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 a five-day online boot camp, okay? Five days of intensive training. We've got another one coming up in June, but it's the first time that we've done this online. I've done 30 of them live uh, as three-day events, but now it's like an extended thing, five days. And when I put them into a collaboration, I had people all over the world standing up in their rooms 
holding up their right hand and saying, I promise. And it's things like, I promise to respect my collaborators, to not fiddle with my phone, to not noodle on my guitar, to listen when I have a really strong urge to interrupt um, and to leave my ego at the door. And the final one is, and to not be a dick. And then, then it's like, this I do solemnly swear in the presence of the Songwriting Academy. And it's kind of a bit of fun, but you know what, Michael? It works. Because people come back to me and go, you know what? I don't think I was the dick. <laughs> you know? and, and it's like, you know what? If it works, then fabulous. But if everyone's on the same footing about, hey, let's go in to have a great time. And bear in mind, the more fun you have, um, in a collaboration, the better the songs are going to be. Then if you go in to have a great time, you leave it ego. You've mentioned the word ego twice now. You leave that at the door and you just go in to see how much fun you can have in the session. Then you will inevitably come out with a better song than if you go in to prove to everybody how amazing you are. But it's, it's such a fascinating thing. And you know what? Then when you win and you get a big hit song in the charts, and you are, you know, sitting in the top 10, you get a big check through the door, then you go, wow, all of that fun, and I get paid for it as well. What a bonus. That's the best feeling in the world when you actually get rewarded as well for having so much fun, you know, and you see it on, uh, I recently saw a thing of like 27,000 people at a festival, and my song opening up this EDM festival, and it was like, wow, that's the reward that you just, you can't even go to a, web, a red letter day website and say, can I have this experience for a day? You know, you have to work for it, but by God, it's worth it. So, yeah, all just be good. You know? mm -hmm. I love that, dude. I think I told this story last time we talked, but it fits so well with the theme that I just can't help but share the, this parable. So in, the, in this parable, uh, this man dies, and he lives a really good life, and, and he was a good, you know, kind person. So when he dies, God's like, all right, you did it, dude. You're a good guy. You get to go to heaven. But first, before we bring you to heaven, we're going to bring you down to hell so that you can you know, basically see what you're, why it's so great up in heaven. It's like, okay. So they go down to hell, and he's kind of confused at first because, you know, there's this this giant table with a feast on it. And it's just like the most delicious looking food. And it's just, you know, an amazing feast. And so he looks at God and he says, you know, why, what's going on? Isn't this hell? And he goes, well, look what they're eating with. And each of them has like these three yard long chopsticks and they're trying to, they're trying to eat and they just can't, they can't eat any of the food. It's all right in front of them, but they can't eat any of it. So the man's like, oh, that's, you know, that's terrible. And so they go back up to heaven and uh, at first the man's kind of confused because he looks down at the table and it's literally the exact same scene, like with like the, the feast and with the exact same uh, three yard chopsticks. And he looks at God and he says, you know, what's going on? Why, what's different here? And God said, well, up in heaven, we feed each other. And, you know, when it comes to like what we were talking about with like the, this either selfish or like kind of outward, outward facing, it is, I mean, there's a balance in terms of, you know, like if you're on an airplane and, you know, you need to take care of yourself or you need to have your basic needs filled, right? Like it's okay to be selfish to, to a certain extent in order to serve other people. But mm -hmm. there really is something, something, a shift that happens. Like what you described, you gave more value and boom, the business blew up. And here's yeah. the thing, Michael, you know, when it comes to songwriting, think about it in terms of that. 
If you're writing a song just for yourself, then great, have fun with that. Or are you going to write a song for somebody else? Are you going to write a song for somebody else so they can feel exactly what you feel? Because there are so many people out there that can't express their emotions. They look at songwriters with amazement. You know, they, and we, a lot of songwriters don't realize it. You know, we're just sitting there writing away, but they're looking at the muggles out there. They look at us and they go, oh my God, you write down what you feel and then you sing it out loud in front of strangers. And if we get it right, we become the soundtrack for people's lives. If we care enough, we become the soundtracks for people's lives, okay? And um, we write the songs that enables, uh, maybe it enables a guy who's never able to tell his wife how much he loves her because he's just tongue-tied for some reason. Um, and he can put on a record and go, listen to this guy. Or the woman or the guy that's been harboring a trauma for decades. And then we can write the song that opens the tap on the pressure cooker there that allows this trauma to come out and enables people to cry, which is a positive thing. And, and it releases this tension. Finally, they're able to let this thing out and deal with it. You know, this is what music can do, but we've got to get it right. And it took me decades to get it right. The whole, the whole reason that I started the Songwriting Academy was to give people what I didn't have when I started out. You know, I don't take wages out of the Songwriting Academy. This is like something, I'm just trying to grow something globally here. So we can like spread the word really, just spread the love about songwriting. And it's all about, it really is just about sort of like just getting people to feel what you feel. And that's it. You know, if you care enough about other people, then let them feel what you feel, but don't exclude them from it. But all of these things that we teach are the extra I guess it's the extra icing and the and the decorations on the cake that make people want to eat the whole cake instead of looking at it and go, oh, that's a nice cake. Next, you know. Mm. So um, it's like I say, love and science all all wrapped up in a, in a gorgeous bundle. <laughs> I love it, dude. I feel like we're both uh, we're both kind of it, it, like hippies hippies at heart. I know, but it's true. <laughs> you know, it's it really is all about all about the the connection. Speaking of uh, being super generous and uh, being a giver, dude, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and to be able to share this. This has been really valuable. I think it's great that you're just sort of creating so much knowledge for everybody, um, making it available for everybody. So um, great job you as well. Thank you, dude. I, I really appreciate it. And, and yeah, man, thank you for being a part of it. Excellent. Thanks so much, Michael. Appreciate it. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.